With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Dr. Wendy Walsh, and you're listening to KFI AM 640, the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM 640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. I would like to welcome my Instagram audience. If you'd like to see me, while I do this segment, you certainly can. Just log on to Instagram. The handle is at Dr. Wendy Walsh. After this segment, I am going to be taking your calls. And if you have relationship questions, it's time for my drive-by makeshift relationship advice. But before we go there, um, I was talking about green flags that are often mistaken for red flags in relationships. Um, and also... When you're in a relationship, this is a common, common question that I get from people. They say, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my husband, my wife, whatever, um, is going through a really tough time. I'm wondering if they have mental health issues or they're depressed or they have anxiety. How do I help them? How do I help them? And usually I say, well, you're not their therapist. Don't forget that. It's not your job. I mean, sometimes the best way to help a partner is to say, you know, maybe it's time you find a licensed therapist, right? Uh, on the other hand, you can make matters worse by being a bad partner and not providing emotional support. And then comes the question, well, what is emotional support? It's very simple. And I've got a few tips for you. When your partner is struggling emotionally, when your partner's going through something, this is what you need to do. Number one, it's really simple. Listen, really listen, concentrate with no distractions, eye contact. It's so easy to be looking at your phone and having the TV on and having a halfway conversation. They're trying to tell you something important. I want you to focus and give your partner your full attention. The next thing I want you to do, do you ever notice lately when you call some of these call centers, they've been so well-trained in emotional communication that you tell them your problem, whether it's the airline or the credit card company or your you know, internet not working or whatever. And then you tell them your problem and then they repeat back what they think they heard. They're like, so what I'm hearing from you is that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, did they go to some emotional coaching, right? So that's what you need to do. Paraphrase what you just heard and repeat it back. This is not mocking them. This is called active listening. You know what it does? It validates your partner's feelings. Plenty of times when people are hurting emotionally, they just want to be heard. They just need to know that they're heard, that someone is there who understands them and hears them. And the way we do that is by being an active listener. So it starts with something like, so what I'm hearing you say is that, so as I understand it, what you're going through is this, right? And then just repeat it back in your own words. This is super important. Now, the next thing I want you to do is ask them what they want from you. Not like, I don't, you know, well, what do you want me to do? Not like that. 
That's sarcastic. I mean something like, would you prefer me to listen right now or would you like me to offer some solutions? In a soft, gentle voice, would you prefer me to listen right now or should I offer some solutions? I don't like to put gender on things. However, it's more likely because men tend to be more action-oriented that they're going to be busy problem-solving and offering solutions. And gentlemen, we usually don't want you to do that. You know what we want you to do? We want you to listen and see us and hear us and mirror us. I also want to remind you to take their problem seriously. There's not, I mean, I have had relationships where I've come home from a bad day at work and I'm, you know, went on and on about this happened and that happened and my boss, this and that. And my partner said, yeah, well, you know what happens to me? Like they get in a competition. Like in other words, they have a worse life. No, no, no. That's not the thing to do. Or they laugh. They go, it's not that bad. It happens all the time. I don't know why you're stressing over this. <gasps> that feels so dismissive, especially to someone like me who had kind of a, an anxious attachment style. If someone said, I don't know why you're overthinking this. I don't know why you're stressing about this. It's not a, that big of a deal. No, take their problems seriously. Your partner's problems are serious to them. They're big to them. Uh, also, offer affection. I said earlier that story, I knew that I was in love with my boyfriend, Julio, the first time we had a fight, when I was very honest and told him, because he was mad at me for something, that I had a running feeling in my stomach. And rather than him making a joke or dismissing my feelings, he stood up and came towards me and he touched my shoulders. He goes, no, no, it's not that big of a deal. Affection, touch, hold their hand, hug them, touch their arm, touch, let them know when they're having an emotional experience that you're connected to them. Literally, it, it relieves, I can't tell you how much emotional pain gets relieved just by a little bit of touch, just by knowing that somebody's in the trenches with you. Here's the story. Last week I was on an airplane. It was a very short flight. I was on the aisle seat and sitting across in the other aisle seat was a woman who was actually flying to Los Angeles to visit some specialist doctors at Cedar sinai Hospital. And she was hooked up to some kind of belt that had some kind of medication in it. And she had an IV in her arm. I didn't know if she was having chemotherapy. I, I didn't know, not my business, right? But at a certain point, her little energy belt there uh, and the box started making very loud beeping sounds and she's frantic and she's pulling it out of its pouch and she's trying to read it and press buttons and she's checking the connections. She's looking for links and the flight attendant goes by and the flight attendant does nothing. I mean, she's got a friggin' body alarm going off and nobody's doing anything. So I leaned over and I just touched her forearm, not the arm that had the IV, the other one. And I said, do you need any assistance? And she looked at me and said, oh, do you, do you know about IVs? And I said, no, I know nothing about them, but it looks like you just need a buddy right now. And I have two extra hands if you need to help me unravel something. Anyway, she started to tell me about her medical condition, what was going on. She got the beeping to stop. She just needed to be seen and heard during a moment of stress. That's all people need in a moment of stress. And we ignore like, oh, I don't know. Nothing's going on. I don't see anything. We do it in our love relationships too, right? Um, if your partner is having a hard time emotionally, 
please do something nice for them. Pick up their dry cleaning for them. Run another kind of errand. Stock the fridge. Cook something for them. Buy them flowers. Literally, a gesture can mean all the world to somebody who's going through a hard time. Just a gesture. Some little flowers, right? I do not expect you to, nor would I ever suggest that you become your partner's therapist. But sometimes, if you simply offer them love, just say, I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. We're in this together. Can be very calming to the person who's having some emotional stress. Right? And also, this is really important. So you've had this emotional conversation. You've done your active listening. You paraphrase back to them what, what you think they, you heard. Or you let them know you're there for them. Again, you're not analyzing them. You're not being their therapist. You're just being supportive. Now check back in with them in a day or two. Don't let this be water under the bridge. Go, hey, how's that issue going? How are you feeling now? I just want to check back in to see how you're doing. This is really important that you bring it up again because they might be too embarrassed to bring it up again, whatever this difficult situation is for them. Here's what you shouldn't do. <laughs> we all do it sometimes, okay? But when your partner is having emotional distress, don't dismiss their feelings. Don't say it's not a big deal. Don't say cheer up. Don't try to be oh, the worst. Oh, this is the worst. Some people, their own coping mechanism, because they feel upset when their partner's upset, so they've been taught to express, I call it, toxic positivity. They get happier thinking the, uh, it'll be contagious and the other person will catch the happy feelings and then therefore everything will be okay. And so when somebody is feeling sad or angry or afraid or ashamed, the last thing you want to do is to have a happy gesture beside you because then you feel worse in comparison. You want somebody to go, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Also, don't try to solve their problems for them. That's not your job, right? Not to, and, and also, don't analyze them. You can politely suggest that they see a therapist and talk to somebody else about this. I mean, give them the love and support before you say that. Don't just say, I don't want to hear it. Go talk to a therapist. Um, give them love, support, and listen, but don't analyze them. All right. When we come back, I am taking your calls for my drive-by makeshift relationship advice. A reminder, I'm not a therapist. I'm a psychology professor, but I've been around. And I got some life wisdom for you. I've written three books of, on relationships. My uh, dissertation was on attachment theory, and I'm happy to weigh in on your love life. The telephone number is 1-800-520-1534. That's 1-800-520-1KFI. You're listening to The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM640. KFI AM640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. I'm taking your calls for my drive-by makeshift relationship advice. I'm a psychology professor, but I've written three books on relationships and did a dissertation on attachment theory. I'd be honored to weigh in with my life's wisdom. Who do we have, Producer Kayla? We have Melissa with a question. Melissa. Hi, Melissa. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi. Hi. Thanks What's your question, me. love? Yes. So I 
I am dating and I, I go on a lot of dates, but I don't really connect with the guys that they seem interested. But then I just recently connected with one and we, there's chemistry. We're both liking each other, but now I can catch, I catch myself getting scared. How fast do you go? How slow do you go? I feel like a turtle that goes back in the shell, but, but I like this. Okay. Melissa. This is very, very normal. At the beginning of a relationship where you feel you have chemistry with somebody and then you're like, how fast do I go? How slow do I go? What do I do? You can't really hold the clutch for very long, okay? But what a healthy person does is they learn to self-regulate, meaning that when you have those feelings you describe them as being scared, um, you, you use that language with your partner. You say, you know, I'm really falling for you, but I'm feeling a little bit scared. This is a very common thing and it's a compliment because you're like, I don't know what I'm falling into here. I don't even know who you are. And don't mm. be afraid to take it slowly. But the most important thing is that all the feelings you're feeling, express them to your partner because that's how you build intimacy. Don't listen to rules, rules that say, you know, you shouldn't be boyfriend and girlfriend until this many months. You shouldn't have sex until this many weeks. You shouldn't be, forget about all that. It's about intimacy mm -hmm. and growing that secure attachment. And that means all those feelings that you're sharing with me, I want you to share with your partner. And if his reaction isn't sort of welcoming, if you don't feel reciprocation, then you know to move on, right? Okay. Uh, but, okay. but I think just being honest from the beginning, hey, I'm falling for you, but I'm really scared here. And see what they say. If he says, uh, well, let's cool it, chick. I wasn't going there. <laughs> then you know, right? But if he yeah. if he said, I have the same feelings, then you're building intimacy. It's a good thing, Melissa. It's normal. Okay. So normal. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, especially you saying how he responds because my last relationship, he was emotionally um, unavailable. Right. So you have a little more anxiety yeah. because of his past experience. Yeah. So just say that. You know, I, I said it to my Julio when I met him. I go, you should know I have a little bit of abandonment issues. You know what he did to me, Melissa? One time we were only dating a few weeks and he was in Miami and he was supposed to come back, I don't know, say the next day or something. But he changed his flight and he came back a day early, but he never told me. So he called me the next day and as we're chatting, he said, oh no, I, I'm in LA already. And I'm like, what? And it deregulated me so much because I thought he didn't even tell me. And I'm talking to him and he's in my own city and he didn't tell me where he was, like my locator was off. And I just said to him, look, I have abandonment issues. I need to know where you are at all times. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. He laughed. He said, you are so cute. Sure. <laughs> but, and then he said, why don't I just put location services on my phone so you can see where I am? I'm like, what? And I've only been seeing him a few weeks. Isn't that nice? So there that you go. Comforting. Yes. You, you tell okay. him your feelings and then you get somebody who is comforting. And the one who isn't comforting, this is the important part, you have to move away from, right? There's nothing wrong with you for being honest about your feelings. You just move away from them. But thank you for calling, Melissa. I really appreciate the call. Uh, okay, Producer Kayla, who do we have next? We have Daniela with a question. Daniela. Daniela or Danielle? Daniela. Yes, hi. Did I say it right? Yes, thanks. Yes, Daniela, you got it right. What's your question, love? All right. Actually, the question comes from my son. He is 11 years old. I've been divorced four years, and I've been in a relationship with someone that fell in love with us. We fell in love with him. We became very close. 
mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the same patterns from the same marriage, from my previous marriage with alcohol and anger and being oh. absent emotionally, um, but we're now so close to the second person. How do we move on when we all love Mr. John so much, but we okay. know it's not the healthy relationship? Yeah, so so trust me, kids know. When you said this is a question from your son, um, your son knows that this is not a good person. This, Your son knows that this person is struggling and yet you have an attachment to them. I think you need to tell your son, you know what, you always come first in my life and your happiness and your future is more important to me than anybody else. So I'm gonna put you first and we're going to move on. And that's what, and you'll find other surrogate allo parents, coaches, teachers, pastors, other people in the community who your son can look up to. But if you see those patterns, and when I hear drugs and alcohol involved, this is not a healthy nest for a kid to be around, okay? So I want you to be strong and be honest with your kid. Say, you come first. I love you. Thank you so much for calling, Daniela. That's heartbreaking. Producer Kayla, do we have someone else or should I go to school? Of course. We have Nelson with a question. Nelson. Hi, Nelson. It's Dr. Wendy. How are you? Hi, Dr. Wendy. How are you today? I love you. You're almost like any Sunday on the weekend, too, but happy July 4th and you and your family, too. My question is, Dr. Thank you. I have, I have friends, all friends. I work here on the house, but I say good morning, everything. But my question is, why do people, men, hungry, sad, and crying? I saw people like, come on, it's not speak nobody. And like, come on, example, like, come on, you speak somebody in your job, but you don't speak. So is responsible for me help out or is something wrong for the people? I don't understand. Um, I'm so sorry. I wish I could understand your accent. So you're asking me about why men do what at work? Did why? you say cry? No. Did you he, hear Kayla? Why are they so emotional? Sometimes they come in, they're happy, they're sad, they're angry. He doesn't know why every day it's a different emotion and he wants to know how to deal with. Uh, particularly men you work with? He said particularly More than women. women. Yeah, he said men. Well, then you need to ask him. You need <laughs> to ask people. What, what's going on with you? What's happening? This is not your normal way of being. I think you just need to ask them. There's no one right answer for this. This is just the way people are bringing their emotions and maybe they feel safe bringing their emotions to you, Nelson. Maybe they feel like they is a safe place for them to express. I don't know. It's a good question though. I'm curious to know who comes into work mad? People who hate their jobs maybe. Uh, all right, uh, do we have time for one more? Or should we go to break? We got a break. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to continue to take your calls and go to social media and answer some of your DMs. The number is 1-800-520-1534. That's 1-800-520-1KFI. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. I am taking your calls with your relationship questions. Reminder, I'm not a therapist. I'm a psychology professor, but I'm happy to weigh in with my wisdom on your love life. Producer Kayla, do we have somebody on the line? I'm still screening, love. You're still screening. Okay, For the number is one 800 5201KFI. I do have a lot of DMs coming in on social media, so let me read a couple of them here. Um, Dear Dr. Wendy, my husband left me after five months for a mistake I made. She didn't say what the mistake was. 
I feel like I failed him and our relationship. Maybe he won't even talk to me. He has not filed for divorce, but I don't know where we stand. How can we figure this out? Well, it's really hard to have a relationship with somebody who's not talking to you. So that's the first thing is you have to actually get them to engage with you in some way. So you need to be able to say to them, hey, are we going to therapy? Uh, you know, are, and, and also in a way of like, I made a mistake and I'm looking for your forgiveness and I want to find a way to work it out. If he continues to give you the silent treatment, then he's, you know, trying to punish you or he doesn't know how to manage his own feelings about everything that's going on. I would give him time. Um, but you might want to enter therapy yourself because I'm sure this is bringing up a lot, a lot of painful feelings. I have to tell you, back in the day when I was single and I had a kind of anxious attachment style and people wouldn't call me back or give me the silent treatment or whatever, it hurt. Like I can't begin to tell you how much it hurt. It hurt as much as a physical pain. It really did. It's awful. So I know what it feels like. And especially because it's sort of combined with all those feelings of shame and guilt because of the whatever mistake you made. I'm not sure what it is. Um, dear Dr. Wendy, uh, I recently found out that my girlfriend comes from a really, really, that's two reallys, really, really rich family. She never told me. Good. Uh, now I feel insecure being with her. Oh, Lord, Really? I feel like she didn't tell me because she doesn't think I'm good enough. Mm, I challenged that thought. I don't want to break up, but being with her makes me feel insecure. What can I do? Okay, this is your problem, not hers, okay? You have a girlfriend who did not disclose the uh, money her family has because I'll tell you why. It makes many men in particular run away. You know, there's research out there to show that when men make more money or have more money, they're much more attractive to female mates. However, with women, it's the opposite. When women earn more money, men feel insecure and get like, move away sometimes. And the same with, if you think like, you know, she's got this really wealthy family. I want you to work on your self-esteem. It's not like she, okay. The reason why she didn't tell you is not because she doesn't think you're good enough. She wouldn't be dating you if she didn't think you were good enough. She just doesn't want that family money to get in the way of building a normal relationship and a normal love life. You have no idea. I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about the plight of the poor trust funders, the plight of the rich people, those poor children with all that money. But they really have a hard time finding healthy mates because they get targeted by people who want money and want their money or want to get close to their family or their connections. So they don't, they hide it so they can just be seen for them. I think you should treat your girlfriend the way you always treated your girlfriend as just a wonderful person. And you need to work on your self-esteem, maybe even with a therapist. Okay. Here's another question that just came in. And by the way, I am live on TikTok right now. If you'd like to come on to TikTok and say hello to me, you certainly can. Uh, the handle everywhere is at Dr. Wendy Walsh, at Dr. Wendy Walsh. And while we're live on TikTok, I also want to mention that if you want to come over to my Patreon, I do a live Zoom room, Zoom room every Wednesday night. We talk about, it's kind of like, I always say it's like a book club without the book. We talk about the latest in scientific research. We, uh, on relationships, we talk about relationship skills. People do disclose some of their personal stuff and the group sometimes weighs in, but 
is not therapy. It's just um, a wonderful community of relationship enthusiasts. So if you want to join that, it's patreon.com slash Dr. Wendy Welsh. Okay, let me go back to social media. I see there's a question. Dear Dr. Wendy, I think I'm bisexual. I come from a very religious and strict family, and I'm not sure how to tell them. What do you suggest? Well, I have a few things to say. First of all, I know I'm going to get all those crazy, evil emails from every side of the spectrum. Evolutionary psychologists would say that every single human being is bisexual. Calm down. Not necessarily in behavior, not necessarily in this life and this time. But we are all wired because sex is used for many more things than just reproduction. We are wired to seek closeness and affection and even sexual contact. And sometimes in our evolutionary past, we were in a, a mating marketplace where there weren't enough mates to go around. Right now, for instance, we have an oversupply in America of successful women. The feminization of college campuses has been going on for a few decades. Uh, for every two guys that graduate college, there are three women, and this has been going on for a long time. Women, young women are starting to make more money than their male counterparts. There are plenty of women, sadly, who still have their own Cinderella complex, who would rather date another successful woman than a less successful man. I don't necessarily condone this. And so as a result, when you have an oversupply of one gender in a mating marketplace, in this case, uh, economically successful women, then you're going to see bisexual behavior much more condoned and accepted in the culture. But I digress. So first of all, you also said, I think I'm bisexual. You won't know until you experiment. Almost everybody goes through a period of experimentation in their life. I don't think rushing to tell your family is the thing to do. They don't need to know about your sex life necessarily. I mean, it'll be different if you find a primary secure love relationship and you know relationships are a bridge between tribes and you want to introduce them to your mate. Great. They don't need to hear about your ex experimentation. Just go be you. Be real. And don't turn this into a big problem before it's a problem. It's okay. And we're all... We're all just people. We're all just finding ways to stay connected and to love each other. And good luck to you. Always breaks my heart when I get those calls. All right, when we come back, are you being micro-ghosted? Micro-ghosted? It's actually different than breadcrumbing. I know all these new terms. I'll explain when we come back. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Wells Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh on demand from KFI AM640. KFI AM640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the home stretch of the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. Producer Kayla, have you ever been ghosted? Um, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. I don't think lucky so. Thing, I have. Lucky oh, thing. Yeah, Christina, I, I have it, you? Yeah, yeah, one time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And, and so, wait, first, Kayla. So what happened? Like, how close were you when you got ghosted? I just met the guy, and we were supposed to go on some date somewhere when I first moved here, and then he just stopped responding to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name. What did that feel like? It didn't feel great. It didn't feel great. He was my plans for the day, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to chill in the house. Yeah, it was cool. more than a plan. Don't you take it like totally personally? I, like, I didn't know him well enough me? to take it personally, personally, but I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Christina, what about you? Well, Dr. Mindy, I have the same attachment style as you. I took it very personally. We were on like <laughs> date four or five, and I just, was, I could not 
understand. I couldn't comprehend. You why. don't have to answer this, but had you had sex? We had not. Okay, thank goodness. Because <laughs> that's the worst, mm -hmm. right? They court up until the sex and then they ghost. Like nothing more painful. Mm -hmm. I, I've even told people that before the first time I have sex, I'm like, I fully expect flowers. I expect you to sleep over. I expect you to call tomorrow, check in with me. I'd give them a whole owner's manual of how to deal with me after they've had sex for the first time. Um, I was ghosted one time and it was a terrible ghosting because I went on one date with a guy, this obviously before I met Julio, and it went okay. Like it wasn't like huge sparks, it went okay. And then there was a whole bunch of texting back and forth. And I, you know, I was distracted. You know, when you're looking at texts and you're busy doing other things and maybe I said something, I don't know, in the text. And he wrote rude and sent one of those little gifts like you're being rude or something. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I just kind of moved on with it. Didn't matter. So like a week later, he texts me and says, oh, you want to get together for dinner at this place, whatever. And I'm like, oh, sure. So he goes, I'll come to your neighborhood. Do you name the restaurant? I do. So I get dressed up. I walk over to the restaurant and he does not show up. He literally leaves me alone in a restaurant. Yikes. Uh, this is not decades ago. This is fairly recently, right before I met Julio. So, you know, I am one to make lemonade out of lemons. The owner chef was at the bar. So I, I said, can I move? I was at a two-top table. I said, oh, my companion is unable to make it tonight. He had a last-minute cancel. Um, could we, uh, could I just sit up at the bar? And they said, sure. So I sat at the bar, I ordered dinner. Yeah, I know most people would leave the restaurant with their tail between their legs. Not I, I am going out high. I sit at the, the bar, I introduce myself. I tell the owner, chef, bartender, you know, I just got stood up. He's like, you, that's impossible. Oh my God. So he ends up pouring me all kinds of free wine. I'm tasting all his foods. I'm talking to the guy next to me at the bar and they're all commiserating with me. Like, I can't believe it. It turned out to be one of the best nights. I had such a nice. So anyway, I was worried because when you have an anxious attachment style and somebody ghosts you, you can only imagine one thing, one thing. Christina, do you know what that thing is that we imagine? Where'd they go? Uh, they fell into a wood chipper. They died. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They died. That is all we can imagine is they died. So I was actually worried about him. I sent a few texts like, are you okay? I'm a little worried, whatever. Nothing. And I'm like, he must be dead. That's it. And then one night, like a, a week or so later, I'm having dinner with my, I think my daughter was like 18 at the time with her, eight, no, 17 with her, the teenagers, high school. And I'm telling, and she's like, my mom got completely stood up. I'm like, you're kidding. And all the girls were like, and then one of the girls is like, let me just call him. Call him. Let me call him from my phone. And I'm like, what? You're going to call him? So she calls him and he answers. And she says, is this so-and-so? Says his name. And he says, yes. Who's this? And she just says, you should be so ashamed of yourself. And hung up on him and then blocked him. I'm like, these teenagers, these teenagers out there to protect me. Anyway, that was a story of true ghosting. But another thing that's happening in our culture is something called micro ghosting. Now, micro ghosting is where they just kind of take a little longer to respond to those texts. Uh, when you call, they don't call back, they text. They just take their sweet old time and you can feel the distance, right? Now, there's another trend in dating. I love these funny names. I don't know who makes up these names called breadcrumbing. 
Now, breadcrumbing is a little, it looks very similar, right? Inconsistent contact, mostly texting, except breadcrumbing is designed to bring, to reel you in, bring you closer. Let me just throw her a little bit of bait so she doesn't go away because I want to keep her as a backup mate. I got my little harem here. I'm going to breadcrumb this one, shoot her a text every once in a while, do some likes on her Instagram post, be kind of like, oh yeah, you know, just to make sure that she hasn't dropped off. And that if I ever needed to reach out that direction, she'd be there. That's breadcrumbing. Micro ghosting is, uh, you know, I don't even know if this relationship is right. Maybe I should get out of it. Um, they're just unsure about the relationship, right? And so they really are slowly moving away. Now, this also happened to me once. That's that video I put on Instagram that got like 3 million views. And I, it was just a story that I was telling, but it got a lot of views. And um, so I had been dating this guy for not that long. I want to say, um, oh God, three, four weeks or something. And something shifted. It could have been something I said. Again, I say things that upset people. Something I said, some, whatever, something else going on in his life. I don't know. But I felt the distance starting, taking a little longer to respond to my texts, uh, texting instead of calling, not having a next date on the calendar. I could just feel it. So instead, I called. He happened to pick up, which was a miracle. And I just said, hey, um, I'm, I just commented on the elephant in the living room. I was like, hey, I'm noticing like we kind of, I, my favorite line is we kind of lost our rhythm. We lost our rhythm there. And I'm wondering uh, why. Just a little said it like that. And he hummed and hawed and kind of said something. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't really know why either. And I said, cool. Goodbye, darling. No worries. Now. This doesn't mean that I didn't feel loss. This doesn't mean that I didn't feel sad. In fact, I had a little boohoo in the shower. I was sad, right? But I knew to cut things off because I was not going to go down that road of being stringed along by anybody ever again. And when I first gave him the opportunity to say, oh, no, I'm sorry. I've just been busy working. Let's definitely make up for it. Let's get together Friday. He didn't do that. He was humming and hawing. I had all the information I needed by just being direct. So if you feel yourself being micro ghosted, don't do what many girls do, which is, say I'm putting gender on it because more often happens when guys do it to women. Uh, don't like start to act like the perfect person and put more provocative posts on Instagram or con try to contact him more or reel him in and breadcrumb him in some way. Just comment on it. And if you don't get the answer you want, move along. That's what I say. All right. That brings the Dr. Wendy Walsh show to a close. You can find me every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on KFI AM 640. I'm also on social media everywhere. The handle is at Dr. Wendy Walsh. And I have a wonderful group on Patreon on Wednesday nights. You're welcome to join patreon.com slash Dr. Wendy Walsh. Kayla, Christina, Raul, uh, Mark, wonderful to have you guys again. We will see you next week right here at 7 o'clock. You've been listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to Dr. Wendy Walsh. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640 from 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.